Do you wanna rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny. On Did That Do It For Ya? Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya, the Sexual Awakenings podcast, where we talk about the media that made us horny for the first time. I think that it's especially a special day for uh, the fans of Jesus out there. It is Easter. It's also Passover. It's also Ramadan. There's a lot going on. Um, for those of you who play Animal Crossing, you'll know that it's uh, it's Egg Day, which is the bane of my existence. I spent all morning being incredibly frustrated and angry. So I'm coming into this interview, I think, with some some charged energy from Zipper, um, the bunny. But it's all being kind of alleviated by my beautiful guest who is here on the Zoom with me. I'm here with actor, drag sensation, beautiful human being, Austin Ewing. How are you, Hello. my dear? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. How are you doing on we this fine holy day? Finally made it. We finally did it. We finally did it. I was like, we no. Did it. I can't reschedule again. I have to make this work. For yeah. the and we made it work. We are here. We are killing it. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Animal Crossing because Bunny Day and Egg Day is a. It's both a nostalgic time for me and a, a truly terrifying day. Yeah. So for those who know me, um, I play Animal Crossing every single day. I, I'm i not very social with it. I, I think that the more I learn about my particular set of neurodivergencies, the more that the way I play video games makes sense to me. But I do play every day and I have just been sweating my ass off trying to get these fucking eggs, not because I want to, but because they're there and they're annoying. And like the the, the balloons fly overhead and make a fuck ton of noise. You have to deal with that. There's They're in the ground, they're on the trees. You can't do shit without finding a fucking egg. And then they just litter, they litter <sighs> the island. And then and I'm like, I get very particular with how my island is supposed to look. So when I see that I got a bunch of earth eggs, just making, <laughs> just fucking up my lawn. I can't. I just, I got to dig them up and I don't need these earth eggs. No, I I have no, no desire for the earth eggs. Right. And every single like DIY craft you get from this particular holiday is garbage. And so niche because you can use it one time a year and it's when egg day comes around again. And I, I do not care for it. (laughs) I wish there was a way to turn off egg day. Like there has to be some kind of way to be like, no more. Like I experienced this once. I don't want to do it again. Or at least ban, ban the bunny from the island. Yeah, He cannot Uh, come here. (laughs) His presence is truly haunting. There's Um, just, I hate it. I hate it so much. So I was dealing with that all week and then all morning. And uh, that's the energy I'm coming to you with. So I apologize. I didn't make the wand because I was extremely let down that that was like the final prize. I collected all of these eggs for what? A fucking wand? For a wand so that you can change into your egg day outfit and enjoy egg day one time of year. Here's the thing. I love Animal Crossing specifically because it's a game where you really kind of get to make your own experience. Like the game can kind of be anything that you want it to be. Um... I just don't personally have a lot of use for the wands. 
no oh my god no like but, but besides like giving an island tour and changing up your outfit four times just to like show off the outfits you have like what i do that in real life every season? Yeah. <laughs> like a wand for my actual wardrobe would be amazing like a, a real life concept of that incredible but uh no, I don't have much use for that. I do remember while we were making the Animal Crossing Cabin 12, one Eric Solis uh, would be changing into wand outfits like a lot rapidly. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, so this is like a thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out in that like one sense. But yes. when I, so when I started Animal Crossing, I got my Switch in, in that season. It was a couple of days after my birthday in 2020. Introduced to the entire game through uh, Egg Day and no. egg festivities <laughs> so i like i collected all the eggs i was like oh it says i if i have all the eggs if i craft all the crafts then i get something special and it was that fucking wand and i felt cheated and now i can't trust any any quest that has some sort of big prize at the end i was like is it a wand though what am i supposed to do with these wands and uh, when i heard it was a wand i was like oh this is going to be something cool. Like, this is fancy. And then when I crafted it and it was just to change my outfits, I was like, oh, work. Okay. Because I can't do this anywhere else in this game. Right. It's not like I have like a thousand wand recipes anyway. It's like, honey, I can change my clothes in my fridge. Okay. What's going on? <laughs> I can go to my little fishing corner, open the cooler and be like, do you want to change your outfit? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I fucking do uh, I hate I, this is an anti Animal Crossing wand podcast now. Sorry, gay for play. We're stealing your bag. We can't. We can't do it anymore. Egg day. Ban egg day. Ban egg Get day. The eggs off my island. Nintendo, give us the option. Also, just like I could make the case, I'm like, you know, this is there's nothing for Passover, but you do have egg day, and you it's non-denominational. My ass. Mm. So I'm gonna write a complaint. I'm gonna send a very strongly worded letter to nintendo <laughs> absolutely should how are you doing austin how are you oh i am so swell this time difference is uh i'm back here on the the west coast with my family for our lovely egg day and <laughs> uh preparing myself for the loads of grandparents to come over and um really just eat food and talk and then be like we'll see you at christmas <laughs> <laughs> perfect is your family like your, your family's like an easter family or uh, we're just a very close every grandparent and close family member has uh lived within like a 10 minute drive of me my entire life my so goodness a very close family so any occasion to um get all of us together at our home is enough of an excuse to just it's like all 18 of us just piling in damn big fam uh, it's like it's the cousins it's the grandparents it's it's everyone wow <laughs> wow um uh, so but you're not like particularly like jesus oriented as a family no oh my god no 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 <laughs> no, 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 was was raised that way for sure. But oh, now really? it's hilarious. There's far less Jesus associated with the holiday. And it's more like I'm living in Animal Crossing because <gasps> it's day. just egg day. It's egg day. <laughs> the entire house is just decorated with eggs and rabbits. And it's a very cute holiday. But like, there's no church service we go to. There's no, we don't even pray before we eat. <laughs> Fuck yeah, listen. Which, <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jesus. He's risen indeed. What? Wait, when you were growing up, though, what like denomination? So was raised. Um, it changed a little bit. Oh, it's sort of like a like a blanket Christian, but then sure. we were part of a Lutheran church. But so then like general like, Protestantism. Yeah, we got okay. a new uh, new pastor, and then we joined this cooperative ministry of like Methodists and Lutherans sharing one church. But it was actually a pretty chill church. Like, um, yeah, it was like all are welcome. Any race, ethnicity, um, sexuality as well. They preached that in the morning. We had a coffee shop attached to our our church. So, um, but was still not for me. It is not for not, you. Not for me. <laughs> um, they were like, "Have you read your Bible?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." absolutely not oh. i have i have rolled many joints with bible pages so they they light real good they light yeah. real good oh yeah <laughs> gotta be holy somehow <laughs> gotta be holy somehow i love that i love that yeah because i was not getting catholic vibes off of you but with gay people you never know yeah you never know. yeah that's that's fair it's, yeah. there's usually some sort of uh religious trauma there yeah um yeah I, not, I, not that deep no not that deep for me no, 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 no. That's that's perfectly perfectly all right here. This is a pretty agnostic space slash a Jewish space. You're in my good Jewish home. Thank goodness. We did the spring clean. I, I, so, like, I can say this. I'm going to say this. I oh, that, You say it. Do I it. just, you know, it... I know it's difficult for the Hasidic community because they are the most, like, visibly Jewish people on earth. Mm-hmm. But they are like a weird cult, I will say. Like they're like, you know, like evangelicals have their weird cults. Judaism definitely has those too. And it's, they're walking around Brooklyn and their big hats and you can see their ankles and it's quite fun. But I do enjoy like, it's so, it's still really novel to me to like see them walking around. I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh, you're like around. You're like here and you're doing it. You're like living 100%. amongst us. And like, I, I always kind of want to be like, I'm one of you. But they would definitely be like, no, <laughs> like they would absolutely reject me. Or, you know, yeah. or not, hard to say, but like, I don't think they, they would, um, I don't think they'd get the vision of what I'm going for, you know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> they, I interact with that a bit in this area. I've noticed more of a, um, I know there's some Amish communities around us, yeah, as yeah. well as um, Mennonite as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mennonite. So every now and then they pop up and um, I'll see them at Safeway. And uh, I, I think it was- Are they allowed to be there? I think so. Not Amish people, but definitely I've seen many of Mennonites. Oh, Mennonites. So. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> yeah, so it was, so it was a strange occurrence when it happens. I'm like, hey, sis, how's it going? Hey, I'm, you're out in the world. The DiGiorno's pizza. What are you doing? I was on a plane once. Um, this was like my first experience in, well, actually, I don't know how to say that. So like Texas is its own kind of Southern thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I like spent time in Texas growing up. But then my first time in like the South, like the Southeast of this country was uh, going to a wedding in one of the Carolinas. I never remember which one's which. Wherever wherever Winston-Salem is, is where I was. So I was flying there and I was seated next to what I have to assume were some Amish or Mennonite gentlemen because they were dressed like that. And they also were not speaking English. And I was like, whoa, I have never felt so like 
uncultured and like the world is so vast and full of so many people it's definitely a culture shock especially knowing that like i don't know like spending a day like today in easter (laughs) and and how today is such a significant day for many people Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and knowing last night i just had a, a drag show up in portland and so like that sort of double life of like imagining going to a drag show and then the next morning going to a church service is, which I'm sure many people do. Are you going to church or no, not you? Absolutely I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes people (laughs) fucking go and you're like, oh, you, you do that. (laughs) I'm getting in drag to go to church. Fun, a drag church. Absolutely. Oh my God. If there's a drag pastor, (gasps) I would go. Oh, definitely. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, I was like at a Passover Seder Friday night uh, with my cousin and he says like oh like it's like a prerequisite to be a rabbi you have to be queer these days it's like that it's not like done to be a straight rabbi anymore so like every three months I'm always like I should become a rabbi but then I'm like oh no I cannot learn Hebrew it's too hard (laughs) so I'm not gonna do it but you know there are those people who like are like you know they only go to church on like Easter and Christmas like they're that kind or like their parents drag them to it on the holidays and they have to like lie and pretend they've been going the whole time or whatever and like we know those people we have those people in our lives and then we also have people in our lives who are just like straight up youth pastor energy Austin how did we how do we meet how do we know each other Wow. Well, we were in this cute little liberal bubble for I mean that you uh, have known for far longer than than I did. Um, but uh, we met in Ashland, Oregon, because we both went to um, the Oregon Center for the Arts at Southern Oregon University. Oh, I always leave the Southern Oregon University part off of my resume. Oh, it's it's the only thing that I mention. I'm more proud <laughs> really? of Southern Oregon You're University. You're like, I went to Southern Oregon University. Yeah. Oh, no. I went to a... a, a um, a chartistic academy and um <laughs> my i got my big fucking ass in theater that's what my bfa is big fucking ass my in big fucking film. ass yes yes you were one of like five gay people and <laughs> say it again <laughs> you were one of five gay and we were the Spice Girls. You were. You were. You were Ginger Spice. <laughs> yeah. You oh, broke yeah. the gang up. You were. <laughs> but you were the most interesting, and the and the band wouldn't have worked team. without you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met um, at uh, at Southern Oregon University. I remember. I think the first time that I actually saw you was when we both took um, the theater foundations together. Really? That was that actually time. happened because I, I remember your transfer year was also my transfer year, oh. but no one emailed me about the transfer BFA audition. So I just did a whole year at SOU and waited for that audition to come back around. 100%. So facts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were in that class with. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK, this is funny because you're like the most the- useful class of our entire our entire degree. I'm very glad that I gave them as much money as I did for that class. Two things about that class. Yes. You are like the third or maybe fourth person who has told me that they were in that class. I just like, I didn't know. It out. I was it like right not, out. I was not paying attention. I was doing something else. Yeah. Um, and then my like biggest memory of that class was the day that, uh, I'm gonna have to bleep this out, <laughs> came 
to class to like talk about the BFA. And I was mm -hmm. really hungover, like really hungover. And I left a couple times to go throw up in the music <laughs> building bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. That's like what I remember. So like any, any, if I don't remember you were in that class, it's not because like I was like full of myself or maybe a little bit full of myself, but like I wasn't. It wasn't like on purpose. I was just really drunk, probably. The whole class was a hangover, so I I completely understand. But um, it's better. Were you you weren't like in my groups, and I just like had no, no idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was uh, I was in a group called the Joe Bros. Oh, that was yeah. Yeah. I don't remember my, my group name. I don't remember. That's so okay. I only remember it because um because it, it was named after the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was great. They were like, you're going to have this leader that's going to tell you everything that you need to know and about they the program. And then I was like, great. What do you know about the acting BFA? And they were like, uh, not really anything. You're going to have to ask someone else. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Great. I have to say, I think my favorite class at SOU from theater Um because I have a different favorite class at SOU that is not at all theater related. But my favorite class that I took for the theater department was like that fundamentals class in like t in design. Like when you did like all of the like, yeah, with like yeah, with the elements one, of design. Elements of design. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite class because it was me, Angela Hernandez, um, uh, my former roommate who I hit with my car. And, um, <laughs> and like, that's right. <laughs> My my former roommate. Your former roommate. You did not hit with your car, but like, I don't feel bad. I apologized. He act like, acted like I did it on purpose. I did not. I yeah, was no. just. I mean, to be fair, that's a, it was a personal attack, I'm sure. Well, I mean, whatever. Yeah, he was a, he was my chauffeur for the time that I knew him uh, <laughs> when we were roommates because I, I, I didn't have a car at all for that, for that time that we were together and moving out of that house was um, even more exciting because of it <laughs> because I was like well everyone needs to move their stuff out and both of my roommates have cars yeah it was a fun 30 days I'm still <laughs> surprised how any of it was legal but you know you lived there for only 30 days no 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 we had a 30-day notice given right, to us right, right 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 we didn't even make it a year at that least mm -hmm. I know mm. I know Mm. Um, but shout out to Tammy if you're listening to this. Um, suck you eggs. overpaid our deposit and <laughs> we never told you. <laughs> well, then never mind. Don't suck eggs. You're fine. Don't, don't suck eggs, but also balance your books better because you thank you for that extra grand. Um, Here's the thing about housing in Ashland that I realized when I was a trainee at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. The reason why students cannot find any decent one bedroom housing is because osf owns all of it yeah and so then these slum lords come in oh my god like the last place that i lived in ashland owned truly by a slum lord yes the beach street apartment <gasps> are you familiar yeah that's right i was a beach bitch before i left ashland that was the last lingering taste in my mouth and our apartment it was, it was my apartment that I shared with Galen and um Taya still lived downstairs and um our two apartments were the only ones out of that unit that still had not been renovated in any way so they had all the original fixtures 
the carpets. That the carpet. Carpets. Oh, that cursed carpet. Years and years of like handed down theater filth. And I thought when we moved out of there that they were finally going to renovate them. And I'm happy to say that they have not. <laughs> and that more theater majors are living in those apartments right now. You know now. what? It's an incredible tradition that... So gross. That I feel they like can we, just live in garbage. I don't know how... Garbage. We needed to like put signatures on the bottoms of yeah. those ca- like the kitchen cabinets. Like we yeah. need a way to record the fact that... The timeline of who lived where yeah. and for how long and why. Yeah, uh, those those building that building should be like raised. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> those aren't sanitary. Those are bad. Those are so many cursed things. So, oh my god. Memories, the ghosts of the so of- many sad orgasms exist <laughs> inside of those apartments. If what is it? The winds which are I arms? contributed to. I will say <laughs> yeah, it was you. I, you is your fault. <laughs> I don't think I ever I don't did I ever have a sad orgasm in there? I don't think so. I think I was blessed enough to not. I tried. It wasn't for lack of trying. Ugh, there weren't enough herb bundles. There weren't enough crystals in the world. You couldn't cleanse that space. You couldn't I, cleanse yeah. that space. I feng shuied. I tried my best. And um, <sighs> fucking Christ. When are you too. moving here? Okay, so the name is secured on the lease. And I'm so glad that we uh, got that taken care of in March because the reason why we we were going to just stay in, in Harlem at the, the place that Sarah and everyone was living at. And um, they wanted to like double or triple the rent. Like it was ridiculous. They were like, pay us 2,700, actually pay us $4,200. And so we found this new place and I'm glad we found it now rather than waiting until the summer or God forbid the It'll fall. It'll just keep going up. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I've been seeing really like the, really the TikToks coming through of like people hunting for housing right now. And it looks like truly hell on earth. And we yes. locked ourselves into an 18 month lease. Um, but for the first six months of it, I am, I'm not going to be living there um, because my ass is going back to Ashland for the summer. So I can show everyone my butt um, at the Oregon Gallery <gasps> Theater. Oh, you got I, booked in Blair. She did get booked. God bless. Um, you shaking your ass in the full Monty? Uh-huh. They're going to give me a weekly stipend and uh, cover my housing. And that was hey, the only way I said yes to it. Well, <laughs> I'll see you there, bitch. Um, yes, you're going back for the summer? Um, yes, for the summer, I'm because Wiley, Wiley is working uh, at OSF, and I did not want to pay rent on my own. So I was like, I'll come with you. And then I'll be in D.C. So Amazing, amazing. Wait, when are you going to D.C.? I'm moving to D.C. at the beginning of August because I have to go that's to grad right, school. That's right, that's yeah. right. Oh, my God. So exciting. I know. In the beginning of August. Yeah. So I'll so be there for we're... June and July. When are you? No. Don't. <laughs> Stop. Amazing. So we're no. going to high five. Uh, On the way out. <sighs> in the air. <laughs> when in August? What? Um, I'm actually, I'm I'm not moving to New York until like the end of September. So Wait, so um, when are you going to be in Ashland? I'll be in Ashland June 8th. Oh, that's fine. And I'll be in New York literally all the time. I get a travel stipend from my school, so I get to be like... Totally, totally. Is it a two-year program that you're a part of? Three years. And Wiley will be staying in New York for the first one, so I will be in New York quite a bit. So Awesome. Don't worry, I'll uh, see you. I'll see fabulous. you. You're going to get that degree. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to get some... Gonna, uh, gonna I'm going to get, get some marketable degree. skills. I was saying, I'm, I, is there... 
like did you get uh like solid tuition help with it and everything like that or is it another like give me the money full fucking ride oh my god this is the, literally the only way to do it like i'm not paying any money and i got a ta position so I'm not paying any money and i'm getting paid money that's truly <laughs> booked and blessed and yeah. educated <laughs> the only way to be in a post-2020 world <laughs> I know I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't like something that I was like, if the world were to like, if societal collapse happened in the next three years, would I be like bummed out having spent my time this way? And like, when I thought about going to like a regular, like theater MFA, regular theater MFA, I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, I would have been bummed Mm -hmm. doing that. But this is different because it's a design degree and it's like completely like technical skills based it's all tech so i will actually be hireable totally and (laughs) like you know bummer that you will be moving out of new york but at the same time like thank god that you are going to an actual college campus to get your education as well because that's something that like I feel for the people who have been graduating in the last couple of years getting their online degrees I I could not wrap my head around it. Like so hard, so hard. Really lucked out finishing my education the second that the world fully shut down. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it cut off the OSF journey a little bit for me, but you know, it was a journey that I never really experienced. So I, I don't really know what I'm missing. <laughs> so thank God. <laughs> it's, it's something that I look back on like, hmm. That was an interesting time. I think yeah. I, so I now have it's basically yeah. a whole new, the whole new thing. It's a whole new like thing. Like it's, oof, I've gotten I, a lot of some of the local tea as well. Just tell me later. Like, please. Absolutely. Um, what I was going to say is I have, I had the unfortunate realization recently that like every time I've been a part of a cohort, like at all of my undergraduate opportunities and like situations adjacent to that we've always been like the the group like the bad group i've always been a part of a bad group that nobody likes oh no (laughs) and that's like been just like true throughout my whole life and i'm like it can't be me like am i am i the common denominator surely no 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 no. (laughs) but like the the good lord works in mysterious ways what's going on that's what it is (laughs) <laughs> that's so mean i don't feel I that ask myself every day and then i realize that i return home every day um to my dumpster and that yeah. i am the trash yeah it's me i am the common dominator um speaking of trash uh austin what and big tires big and tires and, and cohorts i suppose and- <laughs> we're tying it in we're segueing. Um, oh my god! I am so so excited to talk about today's topic. You want to know about my sexual awakening? Yes, I do. Please tell you me. No, it took some. It took some real soul searching to uh, try to find where, wh- you know, how early in my in my life I uh, first experienced some sort of sexual awakening, and what was the key piece of media that it happened with. Because I was, I was not going to say that I was like a sexual child in any way, but I definitely done been new. Like I understood. Um, We were also like the boom of the internet as well in our niche age group during that time. It was like, how, how could you not? The internet is right there. Hello. 
Um, <clears throat> but it started off pretty innocently in like, I think the sixth or seventh grade. And it was back when uh, like Netflix on online was what right. had just started. It used to be right. a DVD service and it had just started doing like streamable Streaming. anything online. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show oh. for the first time. And I was Oof. like, this is theater. This is cross-dressing. This is drama. This is interesting, but I'm going to watch it once and not tell anyone about it. Secret. And the one that I could watch a million times, it was Cats. It was Cats the Musical. <laughs> Fucking finally. <laughs> we're doing it. doing it it. so this is Um, actually funny because you are one of a few people who said that they want to talk about cats you are the first so you're like part one of a series of like cats conversations thank god so you you're you are not alone the inaugural cats you're Uh, not alone oh you are not alone and we will thank goodness i have a whole theory that we're gonna talk about oh um, i'm so ready to dive in that like if i do end up going phd route I will have to make this my thesis. The the thesis. <laughs> the thesis. So it'll be the sis. The sis. Sis. Um, sis. <laughs> boots down the ma. Um, but I want to know what was your first experience of of watching cats. So it was it was again on I think our home computer and it was through Netflix <laughs> and um, I remember watching it all the way through once it was like the middle of the day and <laughs> it always uh, is <laughs> and I'd heard a lot about it a lot of like people trash talking it and I was I need to discover it for myself <laughs> and this was the it was the stage production that they did and they recorded in like the 80s it was like mm-hmm. the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially how, like, personally, I think a movie musical should be done. It's on a stage. It's a professional recording of a stage show. Yes. Um, And it, from the first, like, opening number, Mm -hmm. seeing how everyone was dressed, the, the full theater fantasy, I, like opening overture started and I was like, I am gay. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, not only am I gay, but I might be a jellicle cat. I'm gay for this specifically. And I might be horny right now. (laughs) I'm rock hard. The cats are jellicle. Let's go. 100%. The full wigs fantasy. The fact that everyone is in like spandex cat suits Mm. like the and they're all dancers they're so like i've been infatuated with just people who are amazing at dancing ballet dancers Mm. like i i couldn't ever like stay interested interested enough to like stick through a full ballet but cats was the closest that i could get i was like it's giving me the andrew lloyd webber music that i'm looking for while also being a show fully run by and for dancers and um i think the piece that uh really hooked the um the early sexual sparks was when the rum tum tugger always first entered the stage 
rips down that poster and goes, meow. And I wet myself. <laughs> Creamed the shorts. It's like, I'm sorry. But it... And to have these early memories tied in with the fact that it's like, like I connect it more so to the musical than this idea of cats. Like I'm putting the disclaimer out there. No one here is attracted to cats. It wasn't that I was like looking at the the animals and being like, this is what's getting me. And I think the, the true testament to knowing that it wasn't the 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 fact that they were cats and the fact that they were animals that was like, the sexy part of it is if you see the 2019 remake of Cats the Musical where they animated fur on their bodies that's all you needed it's like having an actor like Idris Elba who's fine as hell but in that movie is just full buck-ass naked in that animated (laughs) suit I was like I have never been more unattracted to anything in my entire life the the cats musical and the cats movie are two very different very, animals yeah. different kitties so to speak but like it feels like with when i was watching cats 2019 for the first time one of my favorite uh cinematic endeavors let's call it that oh of God. all time it felt like that moment when idris elba like takes off his coat and it like the fur is the same color as idris elba it's like it it feels like it was like I made, it's like a total monkey's paw situation where it's like, oh, you want to see Idris Elba naked? You'll see Idris Elba naked. Yeah, it's it like, was oh no, curse. be careful what you wish for. It was a full curse. <laughs> Awful. Just, and I, like, I feel like this kind of comes up a lot on this podcast when we talk about things like Lion King or the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are anthropomorphic representations like, animals that are expressing something uniquely human and like of the like human experience so like you never have to qualify for me that you're like it's not like and though i'm sure many people in the like i have mad respect for the furry community Mm -hmm. i think they are like constantly the butt of a lot of jokes and they needn't be and they're misunderstood generally and i you know I like the furry community and I'm sure there are people who were come, came to the realization that they were furries by watching I mean, in, cats. In the the pet community and in, in yeah. queer culture as well, huge following there. And there, there's a, a respect and an understanding for how they want to live their lives. 100%. Yes, they're not hurting anyone. It's, 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 I, this is a pro furry podcast. This is an anti kink. This is not kink shaming. No kink shaming no, on no. this pod. No. Oh my God. Oh Me? my God. Me? Me? Kink shame? Never. Um, oh but <laughs> I want to touch on something you said about the, the dancing and the outfits. I mean, do we want to get into my theory now or do we, do we want to just like dive right in or do you like, I mean, we fully can't. Let's first, I think, touch on because you you've seen the the nineteen eighty eight. Yes, yes, I've seen, musical. of course. Um, your favorite cat out of that bunch? Okay, Let's just, out of I the need, and the, it's know. different. It's different from the the eighties filmed version versus the the movie. Um, in the oh, 80s 100%. filmed version, I think the only answer for me is obviously the magical Mr. Mistopheles. I clearly like feel yeah. a deep kinship with with the cat. That's one of what when I do drag, that's like my my number. Um, and the, one of the most queer coded characters of the gayest the cat, entire, obviously. The obviously. gayest cat. Wait, who's your who's your kitty? 
Rum Tum Tugger. It's, I mean, soft spot for the Rum Tum Tugger, obviously. obviously, because like in that film specifically, there were just so many, the whole dance is very sexy in general. He's the cat um, who fucks. And yeah. then there are like close up shots of him gyrating his hips and then fellow cat actresses watching and just mesmerized by his crotch. And I was like, I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's literally a moment where he's gyrating and the cats cats are all like by his like eyes at crotch level watching like you know how cats will watch you like the move the toy around that's like mm -hmm. how they're watching his dick swing around like a helicopter her, her fucking tongue is out it yeah is out and she literally I comes I... she comes so hard she falls over oh yeah <laughs> and then i realized i was doing the same thing tongue out just <laughs> <laughs> it's there is just this inherent sensuality about the work of cats oh, yeah oh yeah i mean the whole the like initiation sexual ballet that happens with victoria in the middle of it which i will say was definitely missing from the film um they tried making victoria the protagonist they were like this is the main character was very confusing i was like yes. no 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 Where's and where's the kitty sex? Where's the kitty? <laughs> there was a lot of kitty sex in the movie. There was a lot of kitty sex in the movie. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the, it wasn't the, the kitty sex that we wanted. Before. Right. It wasn't artistic in the way that it was in the show. Um, I want to do a, a, an honorable mention to um, Skimble Shanks, the railway cat, as also a favorite cat of mine. I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> I've been sitting on a secret and. <laughs> I was such a diehard fan of this film. Like, I for the fact that this is all coming out now, that yes. it, it it was definitely a sexual awakening, yes. I obsessed over this fucking musical within the first, like, from the moment that I saw it when I was in the sixth or seventh grade. By my seventh grade year, I there was only one Halloween costume that was the option, and it was Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. And I went to my middle school of like, I, I think we had a graduating class uh, at that high school. Where it was like 20 or 30 people, like an insanely small school, a village community. And I showed up like unapologetic, full cat makeup and full Skimble Shanks railway cat costume. And I have the picture and I will text it to you. Please, we're going to post it on our Instagram. You absolutely need to. It is one of my uh, most embarrassing, but also most proud moments. Uh, because if there was ever a time where I was first unapologetically queer, it was right there. I am gay. <laughs> I am gay. Everyone else showed up and they're like, oh, I'm a, a dead football player because my mom put lipstick around my eyes and I'm just wearing my uh, football uniform that I'm going to play a game later tonight in. Boo. Boring. Like, Heterosexuals. Like, well, I'm a railway cat and I don't know how to dance, but I did my makeup. So... <laughs> Do you want to know um, how I was exposed to cats for the first time? Please. Um, I went through like a, a big like musical. I was a big musical theater nerd, um, particularly in middle school, though high school also. 
um but mostly in middle school and i had like kind of been told by a lot of people that like cats is the is the joke like it's not you know it's not a real like there was a lot of elitist attitudes towards it so i kind of steered clear and then in high school i was in choir and we did a cats medley we like sang the and i was like this slaps like yeah. banger after banger in this musical I have to watch this. So I watched it all on YouTube because I think they'd taken it off Netflix by that time. So I watched uh, it all in I parts did. on I YouTube. I also watched the YouTube parts because when they <laughs> took it off of Netflix, You're I like, had to find it on YouTube. Gotta find my fix. <laughs> and then and then I bought I bought the DVD. Yes! Yes! Yeah! I still have it too. Yes! <laughs> And the benefit of buying the DVD set as well is that it comes with all of the backstage and behind the scenes, how <gasps> they made it. Give us some info. Tell oh us more. God. It had the full, um, like the them like piling in all of the the set and like setting that up. They had like a yep. time lapse video of them cool. building the set for the film production. They had like <gasps> makeup backstage and like costume backstage stuff and like a whole featurette with the cast and the choreographers i was b like beyond there was no saving me at that point you were in die it. hard you were in it die hard and i was <laughs> literally remember watching it while styling my skimble shanks wig before being like i'm gonna look the fucking best at school on Halloween. oh my god this little baby faggot just like <laughs> god too my god <laughs> I um hold on tell more cat stories because I, I have to say um hilarious unapologetically queer that year it was also the same year that I was bullied out of that school no uh, no we're gonna laugh about it okay let's laugh about the time that it was yeah you uh, have to and it, it was great that it was because the same year that I transferred out was also when they cut the uh entire theater program all of the visual arts and half of the music do you live in like a really red county? It's literally the um, the like current today, the Trump flags to progress flag ratio is like 12 to one. And the one is my house. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, there oh, are like Biden flags. There are like proudly flown right now. Um, but to be fair, our population is, I think, like 2,300 people. So Okay. So it's not like, it's not, it's not a good big, it's not a good sample size, I guess. It, <laughs> literally, it's like, go to high school here if you, if you play dare. sports. And if you don't, <laughs> leave. Please leave. Yeah. So they bullied your gay ass out of there and you were like, thank God. They so did. They so did. <laughs> so what I have in front of me is uh, shortly after the film came out, I list i made i made it the cats uh, as the zodiac um oh. and i think i'm really correct and i'm gonna read this out to you and you tell Please. me what you think so we're starting off strong with capricorn is old deuteronomy like just mm -hmm. head bitch in charge mm -hmm. making the decisions mm -hmm. uh, everyone's trying to impress them but they don't know why mm -hmm. um aquarius is monka strap just knows everybody's okay. business knows yeah. too much knows too much mm -hmm. Pisces is obviously Victoria because the baby, mm, yeah, soft little baby. Aries is McCavity. Sorry, uh, no, I fully support that decision as well. Okay, good. Unbridled chaos. The I will say yes. the the evil cat that's in McCavity. the film as well. The yeah. no, it's the, the one McCavity. in the um. 
you remember the weird ballet where there are like the dogs versus the peaks the cat? and the pollicles? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's like the weird spiky cat. Yes. Also feel like has hard Aries. Aries yes. Uh, you're absolutely right about that. Um, Taurus is Jenny Annie Dots. There was no other choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Gemini is Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, the twins, <laughs> naturally. Surprising. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cancer is Grizabella, just crying main character. Yeah, the emotions. <laughs> the, the feelings. Leo is Rum Tum Tugger. Mm-hmm. Virgo is Skimbleshanks, which <laughs> uptight. The, the train is going to be on time. The train will be on time. <laughs> it will be on time. I am cute. And the train will be on time. I had like this like weird stretch of life where I was like only hooking up with Virgos and like getting my feelings hurt. Yeah, it's it's an interesting pairing with a fire sign. They're not, not good, not they're, good. Um, we're a lot. Yeah, Libra's Mustafer Jones. <laughs> yeah, because they treat themselves. They, don't. they treat themselves. <laughs> they they, they are, balance their options. They're going to find what they're dressing. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Scorpio is Bomble Arena, the, <laughs> the flirty cat. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift with boobs. <laughs> Taylor Swift with boobs. She was in that film. Oh she my god. She played Bombalarina. The flirty. Wow. Like, so like her character description in both like the staged version and the movie is Bombalarina, the flirty cat. The so, flirty cat. So Scorpio, naturally. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then Sagittarius. This is obviously just me being like, eh, but like magical Mr. Mistopheles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? I think I did good. I I think you did very, very well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no apologies for the Aries McCavity, um, because we are there to fuck shit up for sure. And I do think that, like, in the musical, it's just that he's like a bad kitty, like, and that's you know, I love that they give him like kind of a gambling problem. They give him like, he's like, here's his backstory he's cheating at cards, he's yeah. you know, he's he's immediately a- <laughs> attacks the Capricorn, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like shout out to all of my exes <laughs> to be fair i've i've dated a lot of capricorns uh, it's why are fire signs i'm a, fool. I'm a go, damn fool <laughs> i think there's just like a period of every fire signs life where they're just like dating earth signs and they kind of can't like figure out like it's it's its own kind of like weird self-harm moment i'm, I'm gonna make this work I'll yeah i'll make it work i'll make it work not working um but i do love how in the movie they were like okay we're gonna add a plot to this um amorphous mound of theatricality and then we're going to make mccavity like this really bad like the villain the antagonist of this story and then you just have Idris Elba like disappearing and like clouds of dust going ineffable like he has magic i literally (laughs) i like yelped in in the theater when I watched it <laughs> that just fully disappeared. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because granted, it was just me, my friend, and like two other people that were watching the, the movie in theaters. So it felt appropriate to give it a good solid, what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just disappears happened. and then somehow all the people who disappeared are on a boat yeah he has because like is it, plot points like the main conceit right is that like he has like magic and mistopheles also has magic and then they do like a and mistopheles has human hands oh don't get me Very started disturbing. on the huge listen 
the weird fingers. I just. I feel like we have to do like, I, we can't, we cannot talk about the movie at this time because that's going to be a whole other episode. Truly. And I will, I'll get you back on to do another episode about the movie and we'll do it on the bonus for the Patreon. So look out for that. And especially because anyone who's listening right now, if you have not, if you don't have extensive knowledge of cats, you're just lost. Yeah, you're, you're lost. Just, you have to, you have start, to know everything we're talking about. Yes. And obviously. also start with the musical, start with the musical. Please. If you it's, start with the film, you won't make it through the music. You won't make it through. It, mm -hmm. It's not the same experience. And I do think that the, I do think that the musical actually has a lot of redeeming qualities. And I'm going to get into my theory now because the perfect segue. I my theory is that if we're talking purely like theater theory, performance theory alone, Cats is the most perfect show of all time. Okay. Give me support. This give so, me. Yes, Arto's Theater of Cruelty. We're taking it back. The main oh. premise of Arto's Theater of Cruelty is that theater performance and art's main purpose is to elicit emotion from the viewer. So that, and we'll come back to that. Keep that thought in your brain. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have another, another thought, which is in order for something to be theater, it requires a performer who knows they are being watched and an audience who knows that they are watching something being performed. So like, an, you can't, so if I were to like watch someone cross the street who didn't know that I was looking at them, that's not theater. Mm -hmm. um, if someone was crossing the street aware of my presence, but I wasn't watching them, that's not theater. If I'm just watching someone cross the street, that's not even theater. If the person is crossing the street because I'm watching them, that is theater mm. so this is like where why the movie is not perfect but the show is is that the self-awareness of cats like the fact that like the an instantly audience address and like the awareness of like we are performing felinity mm -hmm. for you tonight you have that that layer is there perfect there's the awareness we're in we're with you um, they literally reference the audience. There's a man over there with that look on his face, blah, blah, blah. And then disregarding it strips, the show strips theater of all these kind of unnecessary bits. Like if we're just looking at like what cats is, it is an emotional beat after an emotional beat, after an emotional beat, after an emotional beat. And somehow without plot, we arrive at the conclusion of life's absurdity, which is the whole point of like any emotional experience is that we are all going to die. Life is fleeting. Life is absurd. And that wow. is cats. Damn. You're fucking my brain up right now, but you are so right. <laughs> cats is perfect. Um, Cause the main, the, yes. the main like argument people have for why they hate cats is the fact that it has like really no plot. It's like every song is really just a cat introducing themselves yes. like, to be watched, but like they're auditioning for death. Yeah, yeah, that's like, crazy absurd. That's hilarious. insane. That's hilarity. Ins that is like on par with like Brecht and um, that fucking guy who wrote the play about the seaside or whatever. I don't know. Um, I studied. I've studied theater all my life. It's the one with the two the guys, the dumb waiter. Oh, um, pincher. Uh, it's a pincher a play. Pincher play. Oh, that's a matinee. 
Play. Offender play. play. Let's do it. Let's do it all the way. Another vodka stinger. Um, anywho, <laughs> we're gay. Um, Patelapon. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Because I heard they made this one minute change that really I don't agree with. So I can't oh, go give me the company to you. Because I, I'm not gonna lie, I've seen it multiple times. Oh, okay. It's, it's like my favorite thing on Broadway. I've heard it is really good, but here's my here's my beef and why I don't mm-hmm. want to pay like a ton of money to see it. If cheap tickets fell into my lap, I'd go. But it's not oh, like I'm I've boycotting. Only, I've only seen the rush as well. Oh great. I've okay, never, well would only rush it. Well, well we'll see. But like right now, as of why I'm not spending a ton of money or time looking for tickets to go see it is that i love that they added gay characters i think it's absurd that they were like no but she's straight that is my something that i picked up on as well and my pretty major criticism for it too is that i'm like they're like i don't know something that i thought the original production did well is that there that is that blurred line for bobby is that it's a self-discovery story for this main character and like sexuality comes into play there but they it did seem like they went sort of out it, of their way to be like this is a straight woman when patty lapone instead of asking if she and bobby are gonna fuck she's like when are you gonna fuck my husband what <sighs> yeah what was, what that's like, like when, I, when i heard that i was like oh no <laughs> and what a more like perfect character like actress to play her to say like, Perfect. hi, I have the money and the power and the poise, and like, you you like you should fuck me, like that. Put those words into Patty's mouth, please. But please. also, just like I don't that moment with in the original with Bobby is like you know about something really specific. Yeah. And then to make it about like, when are you gonna sleep with my husband? It makes it be like, oh, come here, you little slut. Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you in my marriage? Like, it's. And also just Especially like, knowing that they are wasted. Like it's the it's the time in the show where Everyone's Bobby shows the audience that she is absolutely beyond the point of any consent. And she's like, well, how about I try to send you up with my husband? It was a weird moment for sure. And it just feels like why go out? Like why go through all of that effort to make it like to sidestep any like idea that maybe like Bobby is queer when like her being queer makes more sense for a modern retelling of this story with a woman. Yeah, it should at least have it should at least have its uh, its own moment within the play. Like it should be a consideration. Something, you know. Yeah. Anywho, I, I see that criticism. To, yes, I totally understand. Yes. So if if cheap tickets find me, I will go. But like mm-hmm. that is why I haven't seen it yet because yeah. I'm just like the eh. spectacle, the spectacle and the music is the mm-hmm. big yes. that's always what pulls me to the of theater. Of course, of course. The story of course. is lovely. Of course. Yes, 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 but yes, like yes. I love me. I love me a good full piece orchestra doing Sondheim. Well, then speaking of a uh, spectacle, then this mm-hmm. brings me to my other why Cats is perfect, because I think there's also like, you know, we lose sight of this. And I think there's a lot of criticism about this. But I think what makes theater theater is that there are certain things that like an audience will accept in theater that they won't accept from any other art form. And spectacle is part of that. And I think Cats like takes this to such an extreme. And this is why it's also like the like a foundational like text for like the aesthetic and notion of camp. Mm. And that's like probably why when you watch it, you were like, I'm gay. Yeah. Because oh my God. Camp because is for they, they the girls and the gays. Yes. Everyone yes. knew how important it was that they were this cat. Yes. Like 
the embodiment, the the garbage and the like yak hair and like the profound talent you have to have to pull this show off. Oh yeah. Like to make this a compelling piece of theater, you can't be like goofing around. It's not like it's not like when, you know, I make theater that's like bad on purpose to like make a point. Like that doesn't work for cats. Like you have to be a community theater production of cats. (laughs) Oh, we've we've seen it. (laughs) Oh my god, too much as well. I was like, take the rights back, MTI. (laughs) Stop giving them out. Stop giving. Don't let people do this. Don't let people do this. And then of course the raw sensuality of it all. Like the fact that you can see so much of these performers' bodies. Oh my god. That was like really just the coming face to face with a a, penis, uh, (laughs) a penis, Um, just like these beautiful dancer body physiques, like it with just no, like everything is skin tight Mm. that like it, I like, I mean, I was at that time, um, I grew up most of my life morbidly obese as well so there was a whole lot of middle school was that sort of like ah, i'm uncomfortable with my own body but i'm finding what's attractive and that idolization of that perfect dancer body physique Mm. just really wrapped itself up into this production Mm. that like everyone i mean because traditionally the way that it's cast i've really never seen a production of cats a professional production of cats where um they have normal looking bodies on the stage like yeah because they usually perfect body yeah. physique. they usually or- pad the the Buster jones actor and jenny annie dots's costume is doing a lot of work for her totally right and old deuteronomy is literally a rug like the only <laughs> character that we can assume has any sort of like higher percentage of body fat is literally a shag carpet yeah and is so hot sweating in the film just buckets i was like someone Boy, someone make sure that he's hydrating he's like a goddamn ice pack underneath that costume yes yes oh my god it's so funny i i just i think that it's my favorite thing about talking to like people about cats always is that like there is no neutrality about cats like you either like fucking love cats like you either fuck with the vision or you really don't like it's not no one's neutral about it everyone either fucking hates it or fucking loves it and that's great (laughs) i think it's sort of when you're exposed to it as well like Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people who are behind the cats train that are like i was exposed to this as a child it was one of my favorite childhood musicals you can't take this away from me other people who were a part of the production and are like it has a special place in my heart that's why i support it but usually if I've met someone who is a full grown adult who is exposed to cats for the first time, they're not about they it. They can't get un- they on board. Get behind it. They, it's just, I feel like there's like, it's like in Peter Pan where it's like you, you kind of stop believing in fairies and magic and then you can't like let cats into your heart. Well, that, that's the whole point of, you made a great point with, you know, suspending the disbelief in theater. Is yeah. that like that, like you have to like, have that attitude going into enjoying cats is the fact that like it's a fucking silly show so funny so funny it's absurd it's absurdism 
to the nth degree and whether or not that was like on purpose in creating it who's to say it was the poems were written by a raging anti-semite the music was written by a raging anti-semite so like let's just put that out there but yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of cocaine involved in both i'm sure the writing of the poems as well as the writing of the musical oh, but yeah. like <laughs> those are bodies yeah. long but, hours listen cocaine does some crazy things to creativity um but i had a point oh god come back to me I don't know. Absurd. Absolutely. Absurdity. Absurd. It's absurdity. And I think there's like, a, I think why gay people, I think are more open to letting cats into their heart um, is, is, is just because of the, the, the over the topness of it all, the campiness, the glamour. Totally. Um, and I also like love how it, it really follows kind of one of my favorite rules of theater making, which is like, you get to name the rules of your world. Mm -hmm. And like, as soon as you name it, like it exists. And I love how they're like the first song right away. They're introducing us to this word <laughs> that they never fucking explain. And they say they're going to explain it. They're like, oh, there's a guy over there who doesn't know what a jellicle cat is. What a loser. And then they don't. And they just list. They adjectives. never. Yes. And they and never. The jellicle cats are this and this and this and this and also this. But yes. Don't the... do this. <laughs> it's like, well, what are you? Wait, what is it? What does it fucking mean? It's a Jellicle gay found family. <laughs> they all have nine lives, so they all really want to die, and they're gonna go <laughs> to the heavy side lair. They're gonna escape and, this garbage mound. And I love that the kittens are routing for it too. They're yeah. like, "Oh, I've lived for two years, but I'm ready. I'm ready, ready. to die yeah. right now. It would yeah. be my honor and privilege to fucking die right now." Yes, and I have to go ahead and say it. I don't think that Grizabella deserved it. I think that Skimble Shanks put on the best performance. Like if it was a ranking of performance alone, I mean, the only person I would say that could compete with Skimble Shanks as well, I mean, they built a fucking train on the stage. That was with their little bodies. <laughs> their cute little bodies their little picking umbrellas. up little pieces of trash and they made a train for Skimble Shanks. That's how I make theater too. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I pick up a bunch of trash with my friends. A bunch of trash with my friends. And then we just we like just make, make a little train. We pretend it's amazing. And I get like stuff like that. It's like, of course, like I get why like children love it. And I think like theater for adults is like fine, but like theater that is also for children is more appealing to me and my underdeveloped brain. Well, but it, <laughs> it gives, it gives adult brains the excuse to revert back to that childlike place you yeah. know what i mean and it's yeah. like it's the people who are like oh, i can't do that or i don't want to do that where i'm like oh bummer for you dude Ooh, sucks to be boring how yeah. does it feel to have no whimsy in your heart Awful. i will say the only performance that i think could hold a candle to the skimble shanks moment though yes. would obviously be the magical Mr. obviously Stockton. yes um, they, he, the, oh yeah go you sorry, say it i know you're gonna say it there is the like 80s animation that they amazing. threw in randomly amazing the rainbows it's so fucking faggy oh. he does a split mid-air and then just turns to sparkles incredible i want to do that in my once in my life i want to do a split mid-air and turn into sparkles oh, oh i'm so jealous the, okay so my, i have another little mini theory as well yes. we're talking queer coded characters let's go in cats the musical yes all of them um mr mistopheles <laughs> obviously, obviously yes. the main one um 
a trans character. Like trans man. Obviously. Yes. Pulled seven kittens right out of a hat. And people who don't quite get that, they just think that he's some sort of like magical kitty. I was like, no, no. Literally the whole song is about how everyone misgendered this cat. And oops, there's a whole litter of kittens. Give birth to them, ki- them shitty kitties. And he's a he, a man giving birth is so transgender. Oh, we love to see it. We love to see it. That maybe you know what I've been doing this kind of like rechecking and recalibrating of like media that was really important to me in my youth, and realizing that they all had like male cis characters that like somehow also kind of read as trans masculine, mm-hmm. and those were always my favorite characters, like. Dead Poet Society's Charlie Dalton was like really important to me growing up. And I felt really like, I felt like really tense. You know, your Mm -hmm. body just gets like angry about some things. And uh, of course, looking back, I'm like, oh, that's because it's a, that's a, that's a trans ass guy. Yeah. You know, some cis guys have trans guy energy and you can't tell them that because they won't, but with like Mm -hmm. Mary and Pippin and Lord of the Rings, all of that just. Uh, we do have to start the wrap-up questions, which are fortunately very fun. I could literally talk about this. For... I know, me too. <laughs> for too long. <laughs> I know. I, oh, I hate that I have to go to work. I hate any time I have to go to work. I'm always miserable. No matter you what don't my... love late-stage capitalism? <laughs> but the, there's the thing. I'm private. <laughs> here's the thing. No matter what my job is, no matter what I'm doing, I hate it. Anything that like makes me have to do something, I hate it. So like, I just don't. I cry about this in therapy all the time. It's like, I don't know how I'm expected to live when I literally hate all work. I just want to do what's currently interesting me right now until I die. Because I, I feel like that's how we've always... That's how we're supposed to do. Supposed to live. I'm only supposed to work maybe 150 days out of the year for like a couple hours a day. There it is. <laughs> like getting my, many naps. getting my necessaries. That's it. That's all we're meant to do. This sucks. Anywho, um, did you ever have the talk slash what was your experience with sex ed? Um, It was incredibly limited. Um, I think there, initially there was a split in, I think it was seventh grade that we really had the beginning talks and stuff like that. Actually, I think fifth grade, they gave us all um, little, they, of course, split the the classes as well of like boys and girls. Of course, the gender essentialism. Uh Uh-huh. And we're like, ooh, all the girls got like the beginning of their, like any menstruation products and things like that. And then boys got deodorant and we sat down down and watched a film in the fifth grade. And it was like an old school like one that they had been yes. showing for like 20 or 30 years. Like yes. my dad went to this same very small town wow. uh, school and I would not be surprised if he watched the same fucking sex wow. Um And then in the seventh grade, they split us up again and uh, told all the boys about um, our anatomy, about what was changing, everything like that. And I think a piece that I never quite understood was why like I understand like wanting to get into the the details and like avoid any sort of like uh, outbursts I guess I guess of, of, sure. you know, like middle schoolers are immature whatever but keeping the 
opposite, like the education that I got about like the quote unquote female anatomy and menstruation, any of that was literally, it was the feminine mystique was what was given to us. They were like, if a woman is on her period, just be nice to her. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, what is happening? Tell me the full details. How long does it happen? How often? Those answers truly did not come until like high school. Right. Right. And yeah, yeah. very sheltered education um, for the town that I was in. Of course. Your tiny town in Red Oregon. Oh my God. (laughs) But so did your parents ever like sit you down and be like, okay, listen, here are the Oh, I don't they, think so. They, no, they didn't. like it was uh, a lot of it was sort of you know just based off of they they thought that the the school was doing enough and I thought the school was doing enough. There was zero talks about uh you know queer identity, the gay shit, right? Obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't think there was never a like a specific birds and the beads conversation or anything. Did like you ever did, like? Because like I don't remember when I learned that like sex made babies either. Like I feel like I just like knew. Yeah, there was a, like, again, there's like a general idea about like how like sex worked and that that produced children. But I there was no deeper understanding to like what what specifically happened and like how the whole like sperm to egg combination made anything happen. So, yeah, I had like a book, like a really 70s esque book. Mm-hmm with like a lot of body hair. I remember mm. in the pictures that talked about the sperm and the egg and all that shit. So like maybe it was just literature, but <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, very, very sheltered. It's some old school animated films. Yeah. Like early, early 40s, 50s, 60s. Like Hell truly yeah. black and white. Amazing. I, Amazing. <laughs> shocked. Thinking back it. to it now, I haven't thought about that in a while, but like th- there was some some real bullshit sex ed that, that I was uh yeah. I was doing. Oh, ain't that just the way? Uh, oh, you can hear the ice cream truck growing by. Can you hear it? I can't. But oh, it's playing like now a I want one of those cursed SpongeBob bars. Oh my god, maybe I'll get the one. eyes that are just so off. So, so off, so off, um, and also like rock hard when you try to bite into them. Yeah, <laughs> break some and, teeth on those. Yeah, and but better than the Dora ones, though. Oh I yeah, I will say. Oh yeah, just like the flavor was just like not there for me. Yeah, um, gosh, uh, yeah. So if people want to find you on the internet, where can they do so? Um, I have Instagram. Um, it's at it's Austin Ewing. I also do drag. Yes, promote um, yourself. Yes, oh my god. Um, I actually recently in the last couple of years switched uh, up my drag character a bit. I was doing a full femme fantasy. Her name was Daisy. We for loved many her in yes. Ashland. Yes. Um, and in say like end of 2020 to beginning of 2021, I switched to a character named dandelion yes i love this rebrand which i will say not a drag king but no, a butch, but queen. butch and, and, queen butch queen i was going mm. for like androgynous drag monster 100 percent. yes and really kind of a carny like, vibe i love yeah that really the 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 big gay clown vibes mm. is what i'm is what i'm going for yes um and it was just a, a better outlet I feel like for me to sort of break my own ideas of of gender I think a lot of the the full femme fantasy that I was serving 
was just reinforcing ideas and expectations that I had in my head for like how a beautiful woman was supposed to look. And it involved doing a lot of things that was creating personal gender dysphoria as Mm, well. And mm, I found mm. with this new character that there is an embrace of the naturally masculine qualities of, you know, my body producing testosterone. Yeah. Uh, and embracing that and finding it beautiful. Yes. Um, both in and out of drag. Mm. And, um, but still being able to serve all of the femme realness that really comes from the spirit within. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, that uh, Instagram handle is at, at its dandelion. It's I T S D A N D Y L Y O N. Like Leon. 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 Perfect. Amazing. Yes. And uh, you can see uh, you can see all of the updates about where Dandy Lyon is performing uh, in the Portland area, I assume, around in and around. Yes, I'll have a couple more performances in Portland and then eventually she's going to be a Brooklyn queen. <laughs> Exciting. Uh, great scene over here. You'll love it. Um, and excited. my last question for mm. you is, does that do it for you? Oh, I think that did it for me. I mean, I, I, I need a bucket and a mop for this, uh, for this wet, room that I'm in right now. Wet ass pussy. Uh, and uh, I'm going to need a little private moment with my rum tum tugger. Meow. <laughs> I'm turning this off. <laughs> well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For Ya is hosted and created by Leo Grierson, edited and produced by Leo Grierson and Eric Solis, theme songed by Eric Solis, and visual design is by Benny Kessler. Follow us on social media at That Do It For Ya, wherever you social your media. That Do It For Ya is a proud arm of the Juvenalia Collective. To find out more about the collective and what we do, you can head over to thejuvenaliacollective.com. And if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyapod to join our horny little community. 